One time, very early in the morning, while it was still dark outside, in one of the darkest times of my life, when uh, things had happened that were more painful or bad than I could have imagined, and there was the possibility of worse yet on the horizon, I had one of those moments where I desperately needed help from God. I desperately needed a thought to cling to. I needed something to root my mind in that wasn't hype, that was solid and stable and true and real and deeper than my circumstances. And I want to read for you the sentence that God gave me through our friend Dallas Willard, this book, Renovation of the Heart, that I have lived with for some time now. This is on page 134 if you're reading through his book. And it's a statement about peace. Peace, he says, is the rest of will that comes from a settled assurance about how things will turn out. And I read those words over and over and over and over again. And it was such a gift to me to think peace actually is available even in the middle of uh, circumstances that are the opposite of peace, that are chaos and fear-inducing. Dallas goes on to write here on page 134, Peace is always a form of active engagement with good, plus assurance that things will turn out well. You know, this throws us back on God because nobody else can do that. The dead are often spoken of as at peace, but they are not at peace. <laughs> to be dead is not to be peaceful. They are not at peace unless they are actually alive and doing well. So when you see that little phrase that we associate with that rest in peace, uh, only a living being can rest. Only a living creature can be at peace. Sometimes people assume that death will mean an escape from pain, but we do not know. We did not uh, create lives in ourselves. We do not know that we are able to stop ourselves from conscious existence. Dallas goes on, I'm at peace about it, we say, and this means I am no longer striving inwardly or outwardly to save some outcome dear to me or to avoid one that I reject. I'm no longer striving around outcomes. I have released whatever is at issue and am no longer even putting body English or spin on it or inwardly gritting my teeth. Dallas writes later on in this page, I am not the one in control of outcomes. And that's a good thing. But now this requires another way of living. I will often think about people bowling in this regard. If you ever watch somebody bowling, uh, they release the ball and then it's the most interesting thing. The ball is out of their hands. So there's nothing they can do. You don't have a remote control switch or anything, but they're still contorting their body and leaning to the left or leaning to the right, grimacing with their face as though they could somehow make the ball that they have let go of uh, end up where they want it to. The secret of uh, joyful bowling is when you let it go, let it go. 
we were not meant to live carrying the burdens of outcomes. This gets deeply to peace. Of course, everyone is at peace about some things, Dallas writes. One hopes. Everyone's at peace about some things, but few have peace in general, and fewer still have peace that reaches their body and its automatic responses to such a depth that it does not live in a covert state of alarm. So you might pause right now and think about those three conditions. Am I one who is at peace only with some restricted list of things? Or do I have peace in general as I walk through the day? Or has peace penetrated my body so deeply that my body is not living in a covert state of alarm? A gripping description of the way that most of us go through life. Most people carry heavy burdens of care, usually about things that are important in life, what will happen to their loved ones, their finances, health, death, their physical appearance, what others think of them, the future of society. And of course, worry is deeply contagious, more contagious than COVID is. I think of a leader that I know who, if he was anxious about how things were going, everybody in on his team would become anxious about it. And he actually wanted that. If, if they didn't become anxious, if they remained calm, it would make him even more anxious. He had a need for them to be anxious so he would feel like they would do what he wanted them to do. Peace with God comes only from acceptance of his gift of life in his son. We are then assured of the outcome of our life. We are then assured of the outcome of our life and no longer trying to justify ourselves before God or others. We have accepted that we are not righteous or even totally competent and that we cannot be so on our own. We celebrate personal inadequacy. We were not made to worry and worry actually simply increases all of our problems. There was a poem that was popular well over a hundred years ago called The Centipede's Dilemma that gets to the problem that worry does, creates in us. A centipede was quite serene until a toad in fun said, pray, which leg moves after which? Which threw her doubts in such a pitch, she fell exhausted in a ditch, not knowing how to run. That's actually a, a condition that's uh, called Humphrey's Law. Humphrey was the guy that wrote about this initially, which is that once a behavior has become automatic, once it's become habitual, then when I think about it, my performance actually gets worse. There's a philosopher, Karl Popper, who wrote about a uh, famous violinist back in the day, Adolf Busch, and somebody asked Busch one time how to play on the violin, a particularly complicated section from Beethoven, and Busch said, oh, that's very simple and began to explain, but then he found out he could not play it once he started thinking about it. If you're a golfer, you will have heard of a condition called the yips. The yips are a real thing. Muscle ticks, something happens in our bodies when we care so deeply. And actually, the longer that you've golfed, if you golf for more than 25 years, you're more prone to the yips. Or other athletic events, a second baseman will not be able to throw to second base anymore. There's this strange dynamic inside of us. It's sometimes called hyper-reflection. Sometimes our problem is not that we don't think, it's that we can't stop thinking. And ultimately, ultimately, either 
I will reflect on my situation as it exists apart from God, what will happen to me? What will happen to our world? And then you want to think about, are there forces in your life that are uh, prompting you to even more hyper-reflection? There are lots of websites, lots of cable news stations in our day where a heightened state of alarm is uh, actually profitable for them. Or I can reflect on my situation and find God in it. The secret to this piece, Dallas writes, is, as great apprentices of Jesus have known, being abandoned to God. The person who is heartily abandoned to God knows that all shall be well because God is in charge of his or her life. My peace is the greatness of God. And I want to leave you with one more poem, a much better one than the centipede's dilemma. Dallas uh, quotes this from Sidney Lanier. But take a moment, take a deep breath. Let go of all your burdens, all the outcomes, all the concerns. And let the greatness of God become present to your mind right now. As the marsh hen secretly builds on the watery sod, behold, I will build me a nest on the greatness of God. I will fly in the greatness of God. As the marsh hen flies in the freedom that fills all the space twixt the marsh and the skies. By so many roots as the marsh grass sends in the sod, I will heartily lay me a hold on the greatness of God. Be rooted. Have peace. Guard your heart.